Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I am so pleased you are able to join me this fine evening. Tis I, the alchemist, master of my craft in this ill and festering kingdom. I know we have had to tighten our belts of late, beleaguered as the kingdom is with this unholy undead plague. But fret thee not. Thanks to my advanced alchemic practices, I will quickly reduce these undead beasts to dust. Or ashes. <laughs> All of you are probably wondering, who sent these animated carrion to benight our fair kingdom? Look no further than that infamous, frivolous, and dare I say squamous bard. Don't believe me? Do not be forgetful of his unholy uprising against our generous monarch or the destruction caused by his feathery creature. Still think it a mystery? Very well. I shall use my scrying sense to convince all of you that not all mysteries are without facts and logic. By employing my magical hands and throwing in a pinch of sulfur for fragrance, we shall again ponder the nebulous vagaries of Ramble Shamble Good day everybody Welcome to another episode of Ramble Shamble So I'm joined again by my best friend and co-host Mackie Oh, hello. And uh, today we're going to be giving you something that I hope will be, uh, well, it'll be a little bit late because Halloween will have passed long ago for everyone. But I want to have a bit of a darker, <laughs> I want to have a bit of a darker theme today on this episode. So before we get started, Mackie, where can everybody find us in terms of just getting in touch? So guys, it's very simple. You go onto our YouTube channel called Ramble Shamble, or simply look on a Google search and type Ramble Shamble. You'll find our Discord quite easily through those two main means. You can, again, we try to post on almost every uh, podcasting platform that you can think of. Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, all those different podcasts that I won't mention all over again, because guys, we, we, we're posting almost everywhere. Um, again, our Discord is our best way to chat with us. You can chat with us through YouTube, but that might be a little bit more, I'll say, messy. Discord allows you to share, play games, even join us with a podcast, or even share topic ideas. So feel free to join our little podcast, uh, little Discord, and you know, see where things go. And guys, your comments are very valuable to us because it really helps to fuel our ambitious subcategory of our main podcast called ramble shrapnel which Jotun is the best at describing that yes everybody please comment on on the questions that we ask you guys and provide us some feedback on who you think had the better arguments inside of the episode because we like to take our favorite responses from the week's question and we decide to talk about that for a little bit of a 
a shorter segment. And that's why we call it Ramble Shrapnel, because it's a little bit or a piece of the main episode. And so, yeah, we just choose that and we talk about it completely off the cuff for about 15 to 20 minutes and provide you with a little bit of insight. You know, when you're always taking that like little 15 minute break, making a sandwich or eating a sandwich, that 15 minutes can be pretty boring if you're not listening to anything. Yeah, or it's, it's a great thing also if you just find yourself on the toilet for a really long time. Because <laughs> I know that some people get really bored in the toilet as well. That sandwich is not going through well enough. <laughs> uh. Okay, but um, yeah, that's Ramble Shrapnel. And I think we can get started on the episode. Now, Mackie, I know that you really like scary things, um, mm. especially uh, horror games. But mm. um, what other ma- uh, media do you like being frightened or scared with? Or frightened by, rather? So definitely, like, I, I really do like watching, like, SCP files and all that. Like, or not just SCP, but anything really law or mysterious related. So things that are supernatural that make me think, whoa, that could be happening or be happening around me at this present moment. Like, I remember watching a YouTuber play a particular game or watching a SCP Foundation file. And I'm like thinking, this is probably going to scar me tonight. And why am I watching this at 10 o'clock in the evening when I'm just about to go to bed? I feel like this is a bad juju kind of vibe. Fortunately, I, I tend to sleep quite soundly, so that's quite nice. But <laughs> things, you know, things that just scare the normal people, I, I don't know. I, I enjoy that kind of like mysterious or trying to understand what makes this creature scary. Yeah, dude, that's that's the same with me as well. Like I've, 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 I've told everyone on this podcast before that I have pithecophobia which is a like a genuine phobia of apes and um, I think other primates as well, but apes in general, um, because they can think, dude, they plan. <laughs> but anyway, sometimes I'll like every now and then I'll just decide it's time to see what new information there is on Bigfoot out there. And then I'll listen to these new Bigfoot reports and such. I think I even sent you a video earlier this year, um, like a few months ago. And I will, it won't even be at nighttime, but sometimes it will be at night. And I'll just be somewhere listening to the story and I'll just be like thinking, what the hell am I doing? Why am I doing this? <laughs> I know what this kind of thing does to me, but I'm so like morbidly fascinated. I have to learn more. Oh, 100%. Jeez. I've done that where like, but fortunately, like when things get like really out there, I like have the understanding at least to put it put it down or stop the video or whatever i'm doing but i will say i don't like watching horror movies because i think they're just they're they're too fake for me i think because i can i know that everything's not quite real but like documentaries and that kind of stuff that's the kind of stuff i can't put down those are the kind of things that you're like dang if they if there was some like written history about this crap at one point what if it was real what if i am being stalked right now what if I'm yeah. right behind the audience right as we speak? <laughs> <laughs> Just hear some slow breathing coming from somewhere in the, the distant, the distant behind you. A little bit of a footstep and then silence. A weird silence as it settles in. Okay, anyway, 
But wait, wait, wait. But would you be the person that would like open the door? Like you know that, that like you hear like scratching behind the door. Would you? Oh, would hell you? No. And- <laughs> I wouldn't even peep out of a curtain, dude. <laughs> like imagine in your room right now, and like say we finish our co- podcast, we finish chatting, put our headphones off the side, and all of a sudden you just hear scratch, 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 knock, knock, knock. I don't know what I would do. I would, I would probably barricade that door and lock the window and just like close myself in. Definitely, like, dude, I would probably uh, like turn turn mirrors around so that things, (laughs) like, my eyes don't play tricks on me, things like uh, that. Like, like, imagine like seeing like underneath that door, you hear a sniffing sound, like off that scratch, scratch, kick, knock, knock, knock. You just hear. That sniffing sound. No, dude, sounds. that's and too then, much. That's too oh, much. Oh, dude, I'm just like putting myself in that state. Oh my gosh, I'm freaking out. Like, my door is closed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you when you when you feel that something's watching you and you feel the hackles, like the little hairs oh. rise on your neck as well, and uh. then you get like that, like that chill as if there's a sudden wind that came from nowhere. Yeah, yeah. but but yeah, I also get <laughs> get like that, dude. And, uh. and it's a bit. It's a bit masochistic with me as well, though, because like if I'm playing a survival horror game, I did this when we were also doing uh, doing that like a month ago or so or two months. Um, I will fully lean into the horror experience, switch off my lights <laughs> and like put on my surround sound for a very like high level because I, I, I just need to immerse myself in it. Because you can't do it half-assed, you know? It's like it's almost a disrespect to the game devs if you don't at least let yourself be frightened. I can't play games in the dark. That's just weird to me. Like, I'd I, I put the surround sound and that kind of thing, but the, the light doesn't bother me that much. But yeah, I get you. No, it's, it's, it's not that. It's just that I want this game world to be my whole world <laughs> for, for the session. Masks. Like, I don't... Yeah, exactly. But one thing I don't like about horror media nowadays is that they often have jump scares, which isn't horror. Mm, that's mm. just that's just giving people frights, you know. I think it, it can work in like certain situations, like to raise your adrenaline. So like get that like if things are a bit too quiet, like you're trying to give a lot of story and that kind of thing. Like I love how in like certain games like Dead Space that they would have a mannequin that will pop out and you're like oh oh wait that's just a mannequin and you like think oh, oh wow, i'm yeah. so super and then all of a sudden an alien's like popping out there like why <laughs> oh yeah dude that's that's also the same in control like there's a oh. there's a level where i don't want to call it non-euclidean but let's call it like weird geometry or architecture for the building and there are these mannequins everywhere at like different angles and stuff and i think you need to look for a specific one because it's oh. one of the one of the anomalies. And mm. geez, dude, that freaked the heck out of me. But let's get to the, the main topic of the episode, which is mysteries. Now I, I, I gave you some wiggle room to interpret that as you would for this episode, but I did ask you to make at least one of them a more supernatural kind. And I'm gonna ask you to give that as your second answer. But Okay, okay. What's your experience with mysteries in general? Because I, for example, don't really find uh, thrillers or mystery uh, media that interesting, but I do really enjoy listening 
listening to and about stories that happen in the like in the real world. But for me, it, it's it's more interesting if it does have a bit of a supernatural vibe to it, because like human human affairs happen all the time. But if it's supernatural, dude, and then you properly don't know what's going on, then yeah, I get my interest just peaks hundred percent. Then, well, similar to you, like if it has a supernatural, or it's sweet and it puts the cherry on top of that that tasty ice cream for me. Um, any mystery being a engineer in heart, I, I'm a problem solver. So when I see a mystery, that's why I love playing mystery based games. Like I played this one game called, I think it was Occult. And this one, like, this game was purely like you're a detective, you need to solve crap. And nothing really supernatural. It was just like uh, try to put, put the pieces of the puzzle and solve the mystery of certain situations. Um, I really do enjoy, like like we discussed before, the, the law topics and that kind of stuff. But at some point, I, I'm almost at the point of skepticism because there's only like of, after all those different photos of Bigfoot and we still haven't seen Bigfoot. I'm like, okay, guys, I'm at a level of skepticism because either you are providing me with evidence, but or you're providing me with fake evidence and you're putting us away from the truth. And that's when I stopped to say, okay, you guys are pushing the extreme because I, 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 in other words, I dislike it when those like people go stay in those haunted mansions for haunted houses for the whole night. And then they come out and say, I feel so spooked. And they're like, okay, guys, uh, this is not solving the mystery. This is just you trying to prove that you are, you got the biggest kahunas. <laughs> yeah. The big kahuna, the biggest kahuna. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, do you want to give me your first answer or your first mystery, or should I start it off here? Um, yeah, I can give my first mystery, but um, I actually am interested in hearing your first mystery because we you you have an idea of what I'm going to talk about, but I don't actually know what you're going to talk about. Okay, so I'm going to give you guys probably my favorite mystery of See all. See you guys in half an hour. <laughs> so... The mystery that I'm going to be presenting you guys is the Dyatlov Pass incident, which to sum it up very briefly for you, there was this guy, um, Igor Dyatlov, who was a very experienced mountaineer and track, uh, trekker. And he, he and a few other people, I think like a group of 10 or something, were all accomplished hikers and mountaineers. And they were studying together in a university in, I think, Russia. And they, they, yeah, Soviet checkers, nine of them. And they went on a hike up the Ural Mountains in about in, in 1959. And for some reason, they all died or disappeared. <laughs> and overnight, something caused them to cut their way out of their tent that they were camping in and flee the campsite while they were basically buck naked and there was very heavy snowfall and sub-zero temperatures. Later, after like weeks of searching, the bodies were eventually found. The Soviet authorities determined that six of them died because of hypothermia and three had been killed by physical trauma. Um, so that's like something very intense and quick. One victim had major skull damage, two had severe chest trauma, and another ha one had a crack in his skull. Four of the bodies were found lying in 
a running water by a creek. Three of them had damaged soft tissue to the head and face. Two of the bodies had missing eyes. One had a missing tongue and one had missing eyebrows. The investigation concluded that a compelling natural force had caused the deaths. Now, so people aren't exactly sure what happened, but there are quite a few theories that have been put forward uh, to account for all the unexplained deaths, ranging from animal attacks, hypothermia, an avalanche, catabatic winds, infrasound-induced panic, military involvement, or some combination of these. So I, I think there was even something about like an indigenous tribe or something that could have done it. Hmm. But Russia opened a new investigation just three years ago in 2019. And oh, really? It's yeah. Its conclusions were presented in July of 2020, um, saying that an avalanche led to the deaths. But I don't know. How does a tongue get out of the avalanche? Is the guy like sticking out of his tongue going, no, 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 and then the avalanche tears his tongue out of his hand? Yeah, so that's what makes it so creepy. Like, there were photographs by some of the hikers while they were doing the hike, and like in the distance, kind of on the the horizon of the snowfall or the snowy ground, you see there's like a, a figure that looks like the shoulders and head of a very broad man that some people have like speculated looks a bit like some kind of an indigenous tribe person or could be something even like a, a yeti or whatever in the distance. <laughs> but I, I definitely agree with you. The fact that people's eyes and eyebrows and tongue were missing that wouldn't make sense for an avalanche like i know avalanches have debris like rocks twigs and that kind of stuff but if that was the case finding the bodies in a mangled state like their bodies or like their arms are broken the wrong way to like multiple fractures that kind of stuff that makes more sense to me this yeah. seems more like you say a tribe or i'm heavily leaning to your idea of being a military kind of involvement because Putin is notorious for kind of getting certain people out of the way when he wants to. So that is not something that's like hidden. It is interesting though. Yeah, but this was in 1959. So I doubt Putin was in power back then. But anyway, um, there was still pretty dodgy stuff happening in the Soviet Union. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah. So... But 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 I just think that it's definitely well. This is just my interpretation, okay? But I think that it's definitely something that is of a ritual nature, um, just because of the missing eyes and the missing tongue. <laughs> or it might just be an animal that comes by and says, "Hmm, I'm gonna see these people passed out because of hypothermia. I'm gonna eat what I can." Oh, this guy's got a fresh eyes. This guy's got a fresh tongue. And the eyebrow, don't ask me what, how, why not, why a single eyebrow? Maybe a caterpillar came by. <laughs> Thought it was yeah. a mate. <laughs> yeah. So let me just give you a brief summary of the different theories out there. And then you can tell me which one you think is the most, most likely. So one of them was catabatic winds. A catabatic wind. Catabatic winds are somewhat rare events. And they're extremely violent. And apparently they can just... It, they, they would make it impossible to stay inside of the tent and the most rational thing then would be for hikers to cover themselves and the tent with snow in order to get a bit of extra shelter 
or to, to go towards the tree line. But there was nothing from the site per se that actually indicated that. Yeah, so that's not necessarily what I think would have happened because they are like bivouac kind of shelters that people can make for themselves. Yeah, I don't think that that would be the, the most likely answer. The second one is that there was infrasound that caused the group to panic. Um, according to this theory, infrasound uh, generated by the wind would have been responsible for causing a lot of discomfort and m mental distress in the hikers. And so that they would basically just lost all sense and gone running buck naked through the woods. Another one is one that is a bit more compelling for me, and that is military tests, and it's specific with Soviet parachute mine exercises that were happening in the area. Now, this theory says that the hikers were woken by loud explosions at the, and that they then fled the tent in a shoeless panic <laughs> and um, later weren't able to find their way back again. Now, that's a bit more compelling to me because if you're um, if you run from what you think is basically a war zone and it's in the middle of like a snowstorm or something in the Ural Mountains, there's so little chance that you'd be able to find your way back to your tent. Like you'll run for a minute and then you look behind you and your footsteps are gone. Mm. No, yeah. I, I think it's a combination of three and two, to be honest. Not necessarily the bombing or the war, but I think maybe the uh, like a military infrared signals makes more sense to me. Because the fact is that the the condition that the bodies were found, yes, it could have been, say, maybe a, a stray animal, but why would it leave so much, uh, say, edible food or edible human meat? So I'm kinda, I, I kind of liked the idea of the fact that the people were driven crazy by some external meat. So, like, we, we all know that certain, all militaries, not just Russian, uh, Soviet Union militaries, they like to do certain tests and... Who, what better to do certain tests on certain people that are going to be assumed killed mysteriously and cannot be solved. And the fact that yeah. the people were like driven crazy and run out of the tent for some stupid reason and found one with missing tongue, one with a missing eyebrow, mutated eyes, seems like they, they could have gone a brawl. But again, we're making speculations because we don't know the full extent of those bodies that they were found. Like, do we know their hands were bleeding or that kind of stuff? Or... Do we just know that they're just missing those specific parts and the rest of the body was fine? Then we know that they weren't driven crazy. It was more something else that happened. Yeah. And another thing about the military stuff is that um, there was some like radioactive stuff that were found on their clothing, some residue. And, no, that's, that could um, be it. Yeah. So people think that there were like uh, radiological weapons that were being tested in the area. But Possibly. the last theory, which is also super you said interesting, two. <laughs> I said a few. Ah, oh, jeez, I thought the, I two. the last one is paradoxical undressing, where when people experience hypothermia enough, their nerves become kind of confused about what's going on, and they actually think that they are really, really hot, like ridiculously burning up, and so uh, this theory posits because it is an actual phenomenon that they undressed themselves because they thought that they were getting too hot. And then because they kind of fed the, um, the hypothermia, they died because of that. 
Okay, interesting. But I like to think that it's something like a... Two and three. A traditional culture or something. Or, yeah, but like a nomadic culture or something. Mm-hmm. Or the Yeti, because I do think that Bigfoot is out there. And he needs a cousin. Yeah. And we're better to hide than in the Ural Mountains. <laughs> true, true. Okay, so what's your first one? So my first one is more of a historic figure that probably everyone will know because if you've ever gone to a pool, you'll definitely have shouted this one game where one person would say, Marco, and then the next person would say, Polo. Yes, Marco Polo. So it's it's maybe a different kind of mystery to what uh, your initial, compared to Jotun's story. The reason why I'm touching on Marco Polo is that, let me give you a brief background. So Marco Polo was one of the first few, I wouldn't say he's the first European, one of the first few Europeans to travel from Italy to Asia during the Mongolia Empire era. And there's a lot of skepticism according to his so-called journey across the, it's his journey towards, uh, well, his travels between these two two areas along the Silk Road that was the trade route that was like established by the Mongolian Empire and the reason why for the skepticism is from his book Jotun, I'm sure you may have come across his book or have heard the skepticism around Marco Polo's travels. No, I've never heard of this Marco Polo or like a mystery I don't want to call it a conspiracy but like I've never heard of this mystery before Oh, dude, so I'll give a brief background. So, first off, I was inspired to look this up before, obviously, this episode because of the game called Uncharted 2, which dabbles into, like, the kind of, like, Marco Polo's travels. Not true, or maybe true, depending on how you want to say it, but it had enough lore in it that made me curious enough to really look it up and just see who this Marco Polo was really. And, um, jeez, dude, this guy was, like amazing figuratively so his travel started in obviously italy then he traveled with his father and uncle at the age of 17 to the mongolian empire and during this time he came across back in that day it was like the 1300s so it was still quite a the europeans never actually explored really outside of their zone of comfort and they these three people traveled along the silk road and were greeted by the Mongolian Empire, where the Khan um, accepted them with open arms, gave them like this tablet that they were allowed to go trading and explore freely and everyone around them, if they saw this tablet, had to accommodate them like they were royalty. So they had a really amazing time. And this 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 book that later, so after his time, the Khan getting older, because the Khan would protect these uh, travelers, because he they were very open-minded enough to kind of agree with this. So at, when he was getting older, coming to his town that he was about to pass away, some theories uh, st- kind of speculate the fact that since the Khan knew his days were numbered, he kind of wanted to send his friends away before the next group take over because they are more likely to kill any outsiders. And fortunately, he they, they did leave. But by the time Marco Polo got back to his home in Venice, there was a it was being it was being taken over a war was being waged and Marco Polo was imprisoned for I think I, I can't remember how long but he was imprisoned 
And during his imprison imprisonment, he met a person named Rooster da Piva, Pisa. Da Pisa, apologies, people, if I mispronounce Italian names. I am not Italian. And come on, Namaki, you must <laughs> pronounce your Italian with proper zeal. Ah, uh, I'm sorry, but yeah, uh, Rooster da Pisa was a quite a was a book writer. So Marco Polo, not much in the book writing, and. So while they were both in prison, they both, uh, Marco Polo would regale his amazing tales across during his travels, and Russo would write in a book. Now, this is where skepticism comes in, because Russo was also a kind of, a f was inspired by his own, like, mystical ways of writing said books. So a, this book wasn't like a fictional or a detailed report. It was more like a story with a protagonist and his escapades across these perilous lands and these perilous creatures so you have to look at the story being written by two different people one giving facts while the other person sprucing up some of the facts because obviously who wants to read about people eating with wooden sticks in their hands called chopsticks so they like i say so book covers a lot of areas like deserts that would uh pull people away and draw them into the desert to die as well as unicorns that were somehow in asia and quite for quite a while marco polo's book was frowned upon to saying that he never made those journeys it never happened but later down the line a lot more of his like the details in the book were proven to be real or have some ground to stand on because the desert that he was referring to let me just refer to my book of notes and everything was the sand dunes of Gobi Desert which are which have the sound waves that when sorry when the sand of the, these dunes would move would create these sound waves that sound like wailing ghouls or ghosts which was pretty impressive and the unicorns that he referred to in his book were rhinos because back in then they never came across a rhino which is pretty interesting and they they found more and more of this proof now that's a lot of back law i'm giving you but what i want to touch on is a mystery that even today we don't know the real truth to it and that is the i think it was the final no not the final journey it was one of his journeys from the mongolian empire to his home where he had 14 fleets of ships with 600 people filled and these ships were filled with like the finest silk the like the, the, the like filled with valuable treasures and all this kind of stuff and by the time he got to his destination, he was left with one ship and, let me just concern my notes, 18 people. What the heck happened to those that fleet and all those people? And Marco Polo did not say a word in his report, not just the, in the book, in his report of what happened. That he started out with 14 fleets, 600 people, and only arrived with one, one vessel with 18 people and the reason is well what i say is a very interesting mystery is that something happened in that journey maybe a, a male storm or something supernatural happened and what happened to all that treasure because that must be a lot of treasure like the silk could probably have been drifted away or deteriorated but those boats that treasure that kind of stuff doesn't just disappear and one of like marco polo's final words on his deathbed he said he mentioned the fact that he only told half of what he saw. So 
this man must have come across something really, in my opinion, something supernatural. And part of it was inspired by the Uncharted 2, where you, uh, I think they, they encounter Shangala or Shambhala. One, I can't, Yotan, help me here. Is it Shambhala or Shangri-La. Shangri-La, yes. So some people. It's so fun listening to you trying to say these names. <laughs> I always have you to uh, to save my ass, but <laughs> yes, that that is the, the that's the mystery of Marco Polo, where a lot of it obviously his book is full of like mysteries that you can like say, look, is this is this real, real? But to me, that those vessels and people just disappeared, and no one really raised an eyebrow. Was but a bit weird to to me at least because something must have happened. What what happened to those boats? It just like disappeared. Was it a, a and the report just stated like Marco Polo looked depressed when he arrived with his single vessel and only eighteen people. That is just like weird. Like that is real weird. Like was there a kraken that came up and sucked them down? So many speculations. Ah, huh. uh, such an interesting man though. Yeah, no Marco Polo was something else. Eh? Yeah, I must um, say. She's, and apparently his book is very boring to read, but his journey, like I recommend whoever listens to this, just watch a simple YouTube video of Marco Polo's journey to the to the Empire. It's actually a very interesting tale and it is really well documented now. That's why I, I think it's just like, it's maybe not the kind of the mystery that Jotun was going for, but it's definitely a mystery that like plagues my mind and saying, did these vessels really disappear? What happened to the gold? What happened to this? Maybe yeah, it's, uh, it's, Dr. Pi came up. <laughs> huh. Well, it's, 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 it's definitely interesting that there's no, no record of that. Because with, granted, you're, you're, you're working with such large sums of money, there would be something about it. Like mm, Marco mm. Polo himself is very well known for his meticulous records of absolutely everything that he was doing on his journey, including like learning different languages and the cultural traditions of different peoples. And now you're telling me that when all this money is on the line, he suddenly doesn't have anything to say about that. That's exactly. very dicey, my friend. Yeah, like, did he bury the treasure? Did uh, something happen, like a volcano? It's like, these things with so many things. Like, I sleep, I go to bed at some nights and I'm like thinking, man, if I could find out where this treasure is hidden. Because I think that he stopped by somewhere Maybe some tribes took over and stole their eyes and tongues and eyebrow and hid the treasure somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I think it's far more likely that he um, took it to some little bay or a little cove and, yeah, basically just smuggled it away. Possible. Burn the ships afterwards. 100%. Could be possible. But 600 people, that's a lot of people to go through back in that day. That was like a proper like army. Like, what the heck happened there? But yeah, that's easy, man. You just cut them a slice of the profits, and they all keep quiet. <laughs> Start a new life in Cambodia or something. <laughs> uh, okay, so Mackie raises me Marco Polo. Do you want to give your supernatural one first, or should I? Let me give my supernatural. I'm, I'm, my voice is warmed up. I think I'm ready to, and you can hear my paper turning. I'm prepped and ready to regale you, regale you all with my fabulous tales. Ooh. Nail-biter. <laughs> okay. 
So this is a story that I, when I did my research, was actually very interesting to me. Again, going back to the fabulous country of Italy. Yes, Italy. Sorry, Italy. Italia. <laughs> Italia. Italia. Thank you all. So, Jotun, you probably have heard of this because you've actually traveled the world quite a bit more than I have. Have you heard of the island of death called no, Povergelia Island? Povergelia Island. Povergelia. I think that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> so, you haven't heard of this island before? Never. So, this island's got a, a dark history. Probably one of the darkest places in, say, in Europe. Some people claim that, but I, again, I can't speculate because I only know very little bit about the countries. I'm horrible at geography people, okay? Forgive me. But yes, this, this island has a very dark history behind it. So in the pre-era during the the plague or the Black Death, was it the Black Death, right? Or the dark, it was Black Death. Yeah, yeah. So the Black Death, if you guys don't know, it was like rampant around Europe. And th this island was basically contamination zone so anyone suspected not just having the disease anyone who suspected were sent to this island and left to die and eventually burnt to the ground because again the the best way for them to destroy the disease was to burn and destroy everything involved with the disease rats clothing everything evolved with it and say so this island this island became a colony for the quarantine and it was a death sentence no one was coming out they were done and over 100,000 lives were lost during that time, which was, it's bonkers. And this island is not not the biggest. Um, I don't actually know the exact size. I don't have it in my notes in front of me. But then in the 1800s, this island then became a mental institution or an asylum of sorts. And it's just like, why? Why do this kind of thing? But hey, people in the past, they, they've done some crazy things. So they would send the mentally deranged to this island and a bit like outlast the game. Before, I'm not sure before if... you go forward, doesn't the, the the word deranged just sound so hardcore? Oh, like, so it hard. just sounds like such a rough word. <laughs> oh, it so does. 100%. Like anyone called, you're so deranged. Like I actually think that's a word that people say. You're so deranged. Like they're like, like evil, tricked the mind. Like they're smart. Like Frothing at the mouth, basically. <laughs> yeah, but they're smart, but they're also like evil and they enjoy that evilness. Like you, yeah. you, you, it's a new breed deranged. You're small, but deranged. I thought you put that little piece of deranged in you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, so in the 1800s, it became a mental institution or asylum. And because, again, Italy were not like the, the most in like actually re rehabilitating these people or bringing these people back to civilization they left these people to death and they had a doctor on this asylum in this asylum who would freely do all his test subjects or all the patients were test subjects to him. so like in outlast experiments were done where like people were their brains were like experimented on their skulls were fractured open crazy things would happen so this was like a really but this island is just like a black spot in Italy's amazing scenery. And after after a while, the doctor killed himself off the bow tower by jumping into a suicide because he claimed that ghosts haunted him to madness. Ghosts. Huh. Like there was not enough death involved with the stupid island. So now 
in current day, this island, anyone can go visit it. Provided if you can find a willing person to transport you by boat to this island. And it's it's such got such bad juju that this island that this like no one wants to talk about it or no one actually wants to go to this island. It, it, it has so much black like dark spots on it that fifty percent of the island is actually made of human remains. That's how disgustingly bad this place. And oh jeez, dude. Fifty five zero not one five fifty percent of the soil is human remains. That is just absolutely horrible. How small is that island? Jeez, dude, I, I, I'll do some research when you're giving your side, but the thing is, like, there's no natural light coming into the island. Like, if you go into the island, there's no natural light because the vegetation has just gone rampant. It's like, it's covered completely by trees, vines. The, the silent buildings are still there. And people have, like, mentioned the fact, like, just being in the presence of there, there's definitely something supernatural. And because of that amount of death, distraughtness, evil things that happen on that small little island, it's almost like a radioactive zone of like evil spirits. Because like I can imagine if I was at that island and probably not knowing it, I probably would feel like something's not right. Like something's very off. Like I know me and you, we like to explore some areas, but uh, like when you come across a abandoned building, you always get that like feeling like, eh, this is a bit weird. But I feel like if we went to that island, irrespective of like what's happening, we we would feel like, hey, something is really not right about this island. Oh man, it gives me chills just speaking about it. Definitely <laughs> check it out. Yeah, no, dude, really like um, that that kind of. Okay, well, tell me, do you think that? Do you think that the emotions of people can, like, make a supernat like a bad juju place? With that amount of death and like the amount of like evil acts that were done on a certain part of like an island, that kind of thing, I think yes, eh? Because you you taint the area around you. Like, if you if you like a a kind person who respects nature and that kind of stuff, you generally see quite a bit of like proper care and just like positivity but the amount of like bad history about this place like this place was purely a dumping ground there's like a something really off-putting like something in our nature that will like come across this place and feel that there's something wrong and that's why this island's also not just the island of death it's also called the island of ghosts because they know that something is not right about this island yeah it definitely sounds like there's something pathological about the place. Yeah, and like I say, if you try to get, like, you have to convince the people to kind of bring you to this island because there's no cell reception there. So say, like, you get a boat ride there and then if you spend too much time there, you're just stuck there for the night. Oh, my gosh, I would swim for the city. But <laughs> it's, apparently it's 18 acres, triangle sh- triangle shape. I don't know. Uh, yeah, three miles south of Venice. Italy. Oh, really? So close by? Yeah, that's, that's how I've, crazy I've been, it is. I've been in Venice a few times, but I've never heard of that island before. Oh, dude, I'm not surprised because it's bad juju to even speak about it. Dude, this place is like seriously bad juju. Oh my gosh, like when I did my research, I'm like, well, at least I know the place that I'm not going to go visit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, 
They, they, there are many places on the to visit list, but not the stick away or like <laughs> stay away list. 100%. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was pretty interesting. I didn't even know about, like, it's really surprises me that I've been to Venice a few times, gotten all the touristy kind of tours, and they didn't even say anything about that. Like, like a- when we went there, it was all about like the glass, uh, glass blowing island and stuff like that. Mm, no, 100%. It's, like I said, it's a real black spot in Italy's history. And all Italians know about it, but they know that they don't involve themselves with that. They don't speak about it. They don't go to it. They know that it island exists, but no one will touch it with like a... Because, like, I saw a video where the guy had to be literally convinced. Like, if you pay me this amount of money, I will take you there, but I'm not going on that island for peanuts <laughs> and i'll pick you up in two hours if you're not there i'll leave you on that island because i'm not coming back a third time it is crazy weird like <laughs> you know something's off about an island if, if that is like it's there and everyone knows about it. oh no that's like a, a proper um cthulhu story that like maybe we should make a game about that because that actually would be pretty interesting and kind of a game to dabble in the history uh, yeah Okay, cool. That was a really awesome supernatural thing. And I've also got a, a heavy hitter here for you today. My one isn't a, a specific place, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's got to do with a widespread phenomenon that basically all people experience. Now, have you ever been in like a room by yourself watching a TV or you're reading a book or something and... You just see something flip by and that's out like the corner of your vision. Something oh, many dark times. and kind of man-shaped. Oh, many and times. <laughs> you look there and there's nothing there. But Ugh. then a little bit like five minutes go by and you get that feeling again of like the hair on your neck sticking up a little bit and you, you feel like you're being watched and then you look there again and it's, it's not there. But you did see something dark over there. Now, these like weird dark figures that people see are commonly known as shadow people. And that's my second one. Oh. They are cuck scary and they really, really make people who experience them extremely uncomfortable. But people don't exactly know what they are. It's, it's up for debate as to what exactly that is. Now, they've... Descriptions of this kind of like shadowy dark picket, uh, people <clears throat> have appeared in folklore and religious texts throughout the course of human history. Someone known as Jinn from Islamic theology, and there are other things in, medie- in medieval and Native American things as well. But some people think that it has something to do with the, the fear of the dark and probably that their eyes are playing trick in the checks on them when there's a low set low lighting room or then such a setting and so they think that or they're commonly attributed to like a jacket hanging on the door something like that but what exactly are they now some psychics have said that they are often thought of as ghosts or a collection of negative imagery um, and that it's definitely something paranormal that has no exact answer and the same psychic said that shadow people can appear in different forms and that they might even indicate that someone is under a physical attack many experts theorize that there could be a link between 
shadow people and extraterrestrial life, and that they could be otherworldly in origin, or that they can be somehow connected to like abduction events. But I think that it has something to do with a darker nature. I think that it has something to do with actual malevolent spiritual forces that um, I, I say this a lot about uh, folklore and mythology and paranormal events and that's that if you give it attention and you believe in it then it gets stronger mm -hmm. and yeah and I think that specifically shadow people are fed by you being afraid and aware of them and so if you notice something in the corner of your vision and you like look there and you feel something creeping up your back or like uh, the hairs on your neck rise and you you get freaked out by that then I think that you're just inviting or you're, you're feeding that presence but I've, I've, I've heard that the best remedy for shadow people is to basically just to laugh and enjoy yourself because then you're giving them no attention and you're focusing on something that gives you good energy and good vibes but other people the more scientific community thinks that it has something to do with sleep paralysis mm. now i i do give a lot of credit to sleep paralysis in general but i don't think it's very likely that Okay, it is likely that you might be watching something on the sofa and, and have sleep paralysis. Yeah, it's possible. Just because it's not always when you're in like a sleeping setting, you know, or even a dozing setting. Um, I think that that is a less likely thing. But, but again, it doesn't have to be something that completely makes you lose your shit. All you have to do when you see a shadow person is to do something fun or something that lifts your spirits a little bit. And that's a that's different for every kind of person. But yeah, it still it creeps me out, dude. Sometimes, uh, like sometimes if I get freaked out like that, I genuinely have to like close all the curtains. Don't ever look at what's outside. <laughs> Don't look at any reflective uh, surfaces like a mirror or anything <laughs> like that. No, dude. Gotta, you gotta keep things happy. Switch on well, light if you need to, dude. <laughs> what do you think? That touches on the fact exactly why I was saying like bad, like bad juju in a way is real because like that, it's bad juju. Where like guys, this is purely non scientific, science, uh, science based, but science has yet to explain everything in said universe. So this is plausible. But like that's why like in Halloween and that kind of stuff, we make fun, we have laughs because these scary th things we know are scary and they put fright in our hearts. And myself and Jotun, we've admitted that we enjoy the fright and scares. But these scary things, like as you say, laughter or finding the lighter side of things is like the the way forward, the way to find your sword of light to break through the said darkness. There's been times where, like you said, where this like this darkness just like, whoa, what the heck is that? Like I have like almost like a sixth sense. I say this, like a sixth sense when like people walk behind me, every like my whole back like goes into like, whoa, something's behind me situation. And I won't yeah. lie that I've had that sixth sense activate 
when and I look behind me and there's no one behind me. I'm like, okay, that that's creepy. That's something's way off. And like you say, I, I think about the positive things. I think of the the light that I have inside me, and I I'm able to break through that like darkness or that that feeling of uh, dread that just suddenly came over me. And your, yeah. your mind's a powerful thing. Yeah, it definitely is. It, I, I really do think it has something to do with energy and belief. Mm. Yeah. 100%. The mind is so powerful that I heard of a story where a guy was trapped in the back of a freezer van and he froze to death due to hypothermia. And the, when he, his body was found, his, he was frozen. But when they checked the the, tip, the van was on, like the freezer, the freezer was on, it was off. The man thought so hard that he was freezing, he was cold, he was freezing to death. But that was because his mind, he put it into his mind that he was obviously cold. So his body accumulated for that. So your mind is a powerful thing. Don't, don't underestimate it. Yeah, dude. Jeez. But like, I feel that widespread phenomena, phenomena that are experienced by most people like there's definitely something to do like something happening there and um yeah it's ridiculous but anyway everyone that was our mysteries for the day or the the, the month i guess because we're recording <laughs> this in october um and yeah we hope that you guys all enjoyed it Mackie, I definitely found your topics interesting because I didn't know about the whole Marco Polo thing. Mm. Likewise. <laughs> and and yeah, so how can everybody tell us who they think was better? Like superior, the apex, the top dog, the big kahuna, as you put it. That That is very easy. And probably the best way is to... Go to our Discord channel. Again, find the link in the descriptions of pretty much everything. Any podcast platform like Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, any other podcast. I forgot all the names for them. There, You'll find our Discord in the description, most likely if they allow for descriptions. And join us and share whatever scary stories you might have. And feel free to share those ideas on YouTube as well. Because we'll be happy to respond to them when we get an opportunity. And but Discord is the best way to find us. And again, guys, if this episode made you feel spooky and you want to find something positive like that sort of light I mentioned before, listen to an, another episode of Ramble Shamble that you can find that have a lot more positive side of things. Maybe you want to get a bit of irritation, like irritating things. That episode makes me feel like I want to like punch something. This episode makes me want to want want makes me want to hide under a blanket. But Again, guys, we try to post as regularly as possible on every Thursday. But again, guys, your comments and ideas are very valuable for us because Ramble Shrapnel depends on us. And Yotun will explain why. Yes, everyone. So we take our favorite comment or whatever the community upvotes the most in either the Discord or on YouTube. And we talk about that just completely off the cuff for about 15 to 20 minutes just to delve a little bit deeper into a topic associated with the, the main episode that perhaps we didn't have the time to cover or that you guys think would be a better answer to one of the questions presented in the episode. So for example, today it was, 
just a general mystery case and a supernatural mystery. And if you have something that you think is a little bit more interesting than ours, or perhaps greatly so, then let us know. And we'll talk about that for a while. So everybody, thank you for joining us today. We hope that we gave you guys a bit of a, a riveting thrill of an episode and that you learned something as well, like we did. And keep well. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.